You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. It's just the two of us again today and we are talking about how to navigate a flare. This, I feel, is rather topical at the moment because a lot of our clients are coming to us post-Christmas. I know it's February, but we're still seeing people for their first consultation in January and into the start of Feb. And a lot of people are coming after the Christmas New Year time. And um, it's it's kind of that time that we talk a lot about flare-ups. So we thought, what a time to talk to you guys about what a flare is and how to navigate a flare up. So to start, as always, we should explain what we mean by a flare up because we know what we're talking about, but (laughs) what do we mean when we talk about a flare? Uh, Would you like to start, Rissy, with what we mean when we're talking about a flare? Sure. Um, So a flare essentially is just a flare up of symptoms. So usually when you're treating someone or you're working with a practitioner and going through the motions of, you know, um, healing, repairing, treating, all the things that we do, whether it be, and we're probably going to break some of these things down, but like in the gut health space, in the, you know, mental health space, in the autoimmune space, in the hormonal space, um, you know, it's a flare is... like a, a, surge, a surge of symptoms that are probably sometimes can feel quite extreme to the point where you're like, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just going through something quite acute right now. And it can be quite scary, I think, for a lot of our clients, especially in the early stages of, you know, getting to know your body and her symptoms and associated things that happen, um, you know, in that whole treatment process. So that essentially, yeah, it, a flare is that, if that's probably good way to understand it I'll explain it <laughs> like I wasn't ready for that oh sorry <laughs> I feel like three you under the bus on a Friday morning it's well it's pretty it's kind of one of those things it's pretty simple self-explanatory but like it's also you know in some ways can be complex depending on what we're talking about but yeah it's essentially yeah. like you said it's just your your particular symptoms whatever your kind of issues are um, that may have been ideally settled and you've been feeling well and then they flare up. I think I think the other thing with a flare-up is we use it in the context of something that happens um, over ideally a shortened amount of time, like you've, yeah. you've already got a baseline of feeling well or wherever your baseline is and it can feel like it's a step um, kind of backwards in your symptoms but usually we call it a flare because it it is just um, a sort of blip <laughs> with moving through your yeah. treatment protocol and I think the thing with a flare I always love thinking about there's lots of we should put one with this post when it goes up um, there's lots of little cool memes where it talks about 
the process of healing and how it's not linear and you'll linear, see those yeah. um, graphs little diagrams where it's a line and it's like going up and then it drops down or it's going up and then it's a squiggle like those little squiggles and drops can often be flares um, and it's mm. I think it's super, super common. Like it's really, yeah. well, again, we'll probably be getting into this more detail. Like it's unrealistic, I think, for anyone working on their health to think that it's going to be a smooth, beautiful progression of moving from A to B to C to D. Like it's, there's going to be ups and downs and this is where flares come in. Um, yeah. And they're going to be, they're not, they're not um, isolated to, which is what I think you were saying too, they're not isolated to particular areas of the body. Like you don't just have a gut flare or you don't just have uh, a hormone flare. It's like for me it might be if I had a flare up, it might be my gut. If maybe Carissa had a flare up, it might be she has really shitty period. Like it's it's like what what is your um, kind of point with your health? Um, and it's it's kind of like that button gets pressed on. So it might be your mental health. It could be autoimmune. Um, it, it's your thing. It's your it's your kind of. I hate the word weakness. That's what's going on in my head. It's like your weakness in your body because mm. it's not a weakness. It's kind of like your your um, body's way of tapping you on the shoulder and going, "I'm not well." Oh my god, I thought I saw a spider in the podcast little studio, but it's not. It's a c- cable tie. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's a point of weakness. I think it's probably just a point of, I explain it to my clients. I'm like, it's very important to be aware of what your body does under times of pressure and stress, because that essentially is what will result in a flare or what will result in a, a set of symptoms occurring that aren't quite normal for you. And I think the reason we wanted to talk about this today specifically is because Anyone listening, and obviously I know the demographic of people that listen to our podcast and demographic of people that we treat um, in terms of personality can be quite different. Um, And I do think um, sometimes when you come from a really acute or sorry, very chronic um, health condition or set of health conditions that you have been working on and managing, flares in their initial stages and their initial stages of your treatment can actually be really fucking scary for some people um, and they can be really fucking confronting as well. And I think, you know, that's obviously what we want to talk about today in terms of navigating it because you you don't necessarily have to be scared shitless of these. It's probably even more empowering to understand and be prepared for them and know that this is part of the healing Mm. process and the treatment process and that it's inevitable, you know, like nothing's, nothing is smooth sailing like Jess said, but also everything's going to get tested in the fucking fire. (laughs) So so I think, knowing knowing that this is a normal part of treatment not expecting the worst but expecting that there's going to be blips in your in your path forward and then obviously knowing how to navigate that without you know because I think some of the big things for a lot of our clients and I know you see this as well especially in the initial stages of treating someone they have a a surge or a flare or something and the whole fear comes back in of oh my god I'm right Mm. back to where I started Oh, this is just diabolical and I totally, I totally, totally get that. And sometimes there's a lot of coaching on our end to explain to people, no, this is normal. We're going to help you through this. Everything that happens in a flare we learn from. But, yeah, it's it can be really scary. So, yeah, that's my two cents on that. <laughs> You're right. It's a, it's a super, 
it's a mental challenge in its own right. And um, what you just said there too about how people can feel like they're going back to the beginning or back to square one. Um, you're there's so much coaching on our behalf about understanding that that's just not the case, but it can feel like it. Like you're, you know, we've I've been there. You're probably I'm sure been there at certain times with your health. Like you you're putting in the work and you've been putting it in for ages, and then when you do have a flare up of your symptoms, it can be a real knock mentally and emotionally. And that's where people can spiral. And sometimes this can be a real um, kind of decision or turning point for some people where it can it can be their undoing with moving forward if they don't understand the, um, the way to navigate through it. Like it can be that, um, you know, this is, you know, oh, I'm back to square one. This isn't working. You know, I'm, I'm going to just kind of throw in the towel. I'm done. Um, and that's, that's <laughs> yeah. part of our job with working with clients to explain what is going on as far as the flare up. And also, which we'll be getting into understanding the why um, it's occurred. And I, I kind of love this about flare ups too. I've been saying to a lot of clients recently after Christmas and New Year, flare-ups can have a silver lining because they teach you and they educate you. So 100%. often you'll have a flare-up for a reason. So if it's if it's been a food-related situation, if it's been a stress-related, like once you start to understand the why, it's actually empowering because it helps you understand why it's happened but also how to navigate that not happening in the future or if it does happen again, understanding why and not beating yourself up. And I think the other thing I'll say to clients about this particular sort of conversation of the silver lining is that we can tell you to we're blue in the face about the connection between your symptoms and say something as simple as eating dairy and how it's connected to say your gut or maybe you've got some skin issues or whatever your thing is. Um, but there's nothing more powerful than working with us for X amount of time, feeling better, and then you go and, say, eat a lot of dairy and you get a flare-up in your symptoms. When we talk to you about that and you you connect the dots, it's like you finally you finally get it. It's like we've told – we know we've told you a lot, but there's nothing more powerful than the experience and going, oh, my God, like – I did X and now I feel Y. Like, I know you told me that, but now I get it. Like, I've actually experienced yeah. it. So I I feel like there can be positives out of a flare. Ah, I 100% think there's positives. Like, I know they're not pleasant to experience, but I know, and I know I've said, but I know I've said this in different contexts, but on several of our podcasts, everything your body does and does not do teaches you something about yourself and your health so it is all part of it. it I don't want to say part of the journey but it's all part of it like you've got to have the ups and the downs like it you, you've got just got to have them and you've just got to be ready for that and if you actually you know change your perspective on it instead of also to going you know when you have a flare and I know this is easier said than done but I really like I know just coaching my clients through flares and things like that. I know in the initial stages, sometimes the mindset thing is really hard to get your fucking head around, 
But when you start actually treating it as a learning experience and getting to get in touch with your body and know what she or he is going to do under times of stress and when you're put in a pressure cooker situation, and that might be having dairy, that might be your pressure cooker, it might be stress at work, it might be too much alcohol, it might be, you know, it could be anything, whatever the stressor is that puts that part of your body into the pressure cooker situation, how it responds is so valuable. And then how you navigate coming out of that is also so valuable. So for you to get from A to B and then B to C in terms of your healing, wellness, treatment journey, like this is all information that we need. And if you actually take that in your stride and go, cool, I came through that and I came out the other side, but look what I've learned. It actually makes the next time you have a flare and it will happen so much easier to navigate. (laughs) So, so true. Yeah. So, so true. So I, the next thing where we wanted to move on to is how do we differentiate between a flare up and something else, something more either serious going on or something essentially that isn't a flare. There's some sort of change with your health Mm. or um, another sort of of factor at play. So this is where obviously a practitioner's job really comes in and understanding you, your body, having a really good thorough talk and communication pathway to look into the before forehand of the flare like as soon as someone will come to us and say I've had a flare up of these symptoms we're going to be unpacking all of the weeks leading up to that so we can figure out what the catalyst was Um, so once we can see that it, it helps us essentially understand if there is a reason for this flare that when we when we can pinpoint a, a reason a logical reason that's when we would absolutely be considering this more of a flare Um, and again like I said previously in some ways a flare is kind of transient like it will come and go Um, whereas if maybe we can't like there's no rhyme or reason to why things have changed Um, and also if there is um, the, the, the time frame wise, like it's not going away. So it's been like weeks that have turned into months, like we're sort of getting past calling this a flare, like something has fundamentally shifted. Maybe there's something um, new that we need to look into. So it's that, that kind of, to me, gives a bit of an explanation between the two, but I hesitate because I feel like it's not always that easy to unpack because you certainly could have a flare that could go for longer depending on the catalysts prior to. But in general, that's the way I would look at it, putting more preference onto understanding the whys prior. But then I don't know what you think, Chris, or like sometimes it's like you know it's a flare and you like are doing that investigation into the why it's happened and sometimes you actually can't figure it out but it's like well mm. it's still a flare but that's also like you were saying a piece of the puzzle more for us because we're like oh okay there's something else here that's causing this yeah. flare so we need to dig deeper yeah yeah definitely I think I think when you're starting out with a client as well and they do come to you with quite a complex um, set of health concerns going on that sometimes it is a learning process for both of you like the practitioner and your client as to what a flare actually looks like for them I think it's also you know and that's part of a learning process between you know that 
you know, co that co-relationship really, isn't it? Like, you know, every person's body behaves so differently. So what a SIBO flare looks like for Jan might not be what a SIBO flare, SIBO flare looks like for Joe, you know? And so it's, you know, there it's very, <laughs> I had to think of random names there. Sorry, Jan and Joe. Um, oh. But... <laughs> Bob, I nearly said Bob. Hey, I said Bob. Um, but yeah, so there is that. There is that definite initial stage where you know it is important to really listen to your client, or we really listen to our clients, and you know talk through things systematically, and then use our obviously clinical judgment in terms of what we think could be a flare versus what might be something more serious. And then sometimes in the initial stages, you know things that we might you know, definitely suspect as a flare, not suspect to be something more sinister, you know, that sometimes can be a lot harder to pinpoint because we don't know a lot about that person in front of us yet. Like we're still learning, you know, how to navigate this together between practitioner and client. Um, But I also think like there's a two, there's kind of two different camps that, you know, um, people can sit in from, I guess, from our perspective as practitioners. And I think, and I know we, we've definitely seen this, not not in the clinic with us, but I definitely know like other practitioners can be like this. And I think it's also very important as a practitioner to not be trigger happy, but not be fucking naive either. Like I think, you know, like sometimes when people come to you and they're, they're having a, you know, like I think SIBO is a good one, right? So if someone's having a SIBO flare and they gut and they've just got all their symptoms coming back and everything like that and they're freaking out and they're like, I'm back to where I'm started or is something else going on because what I tried last time isn't working to fix this. And so, you know, I know it's very easy to jump the gun because sometimes our knowledge base is too much or sometimes we're like, oh, shit, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, but... Sometimes it is stepping back and just having a bit of faith in the process and trying something else first, but also not being naive as to think that, you know, potentially there's not something else going on that needs to be investigated and potentially sometimes, you know, bringing in another practitioner to part of the team, whether that be like, because we're talking about SIBO, like a gastroenterologist or the GP to run some, you know, more, you know, um, more involved, you know, inflammatory tests or send someone for scopes, like I'll 100% do that. And I'm pretty happy to call that as well. I know you are too. Like we don't sit back in the natural health space and go, oh no, it's all fine. Like we just got to give it more time. Like I'm pretty confident to call something when I think I need to send someone on and get more information (laughs) so I think there is a balance Uh there as well with you know and I think that you know again like between you and I and the other girls at the clinic but we've got a pretty extensive knowledge base behind us we've got years of clinical practice so it's as from a patient point of view a client point of view it's having that trust in your practitioner is really important that they know when to call something and when to not be trigger happy or change treatment protocols. So, yeah, <laughs> have a good practitioner, have a team. Just interrupting the show for a moment, guys, to tell you about our revamped Real Food Reset Plan. This is one of our most popular plans that you can purchase on our online shop on the website. It's been designed by clinical nutritionists and it provides a two-week rotational seven-day plan that we encourage you to follow for a minimum of four weeks. All of the recipes are delicious. They are macronutrient balanced. And essentially, this is about helping you navigate the overwhelming task of getting started with eating whole foods. There's loads of veggies, fiber, whole grains, proteins, omega-3s, all of those big areas that we talk to you about a lot on the podcast and within JCN. 
So it's really about getting those beautiful nourishing foods into you, supporting your natural detoxification, getting your energy up, supporting digestion, and even that brain and mental clarity. So if you'd like to try The Real Food Reset, we recommend jumping onto the website. It's only $39.95, which we think is pretty crazy, but we love the idea of this as a Kickstarter or a taste of what we do at JCN. Or maybe you're a client who's just like, yeah, I'd love some more recipes or I'd like to play around with a little bit more structure for a while with a plan. This is for you. So again, head to jessicacox.com.au to our online shop and get your copy of the Real Food Reset Plan today. SIBO is such a good, um, like just one of those scenarios where it is associated with flares. Um, people tend to have read about that. Um, so it's a really good example. I was actually just thinking of a client this week who I've known for quite a while, but I hadn't seen her for years. And she's had uh, come back because she's had a bit of a, a flare um, after being away overseas and all sorts of things. But um yeah, it's it's about again that conversation of like not going back to square one, like and and also me as the practitioner, not um, as to use your analogy, getting trigger happy and thinking we've got to do all of these things differently or do this barrage of potential other test options because mm. and interestingly, I'm sure she won't mind me. I'm not using her name. Won't mind me talking about her case. Um, you know, she she'd gone and pulled a really old script than from when we first started from like five or six years ago and have been following that. Um, but one of my first conversations with her is like, you don't need to go back to there. Like that's where yeah. we started. Uh, and this is a thing again with usually with flare ups, like they can be managed a lot quicker and effectively in most cases, because we already know how to have you feeling well. It's just mm. managing what caused the flare um, and often particularly with things like the gut, SIBO, dietary management, um, yeah, you don't need to be like ripping everything back out of the diet again. You don't need to be going right back to square one with everything. It can just often be about the right conversation, tweaking things in the right way and managing things um, and getting a lot of the time you can get something settled down after a couple of weeks or so um, before, you know, going into panic mode and reinitiating a whole load of potential functional tests that don't need to be done. So obviously every client will be different to that, but definitely there's the practitioner role. And as you said, you know, not being, too complacent, but also not getting like triggered and over alarmist about it. Um, mm. And then, yeah, that that's interesting as always to go to the client and how they feel in it. And which is, I guess, back to that mental, emotional challenge of like, I've gone back to square one. Um, and I think yeah. that rolls over onto that importance of the practitioner and having a team to help navigate through this, because when you when you have a flare up, trying to navigate that on your own can be really difficult and it can send you into that negative spiral. So 
not everyone, I guess, will do that. Like, I guess the client I'm speaking of, like, it was a bit of a, well, what did I do before? I'll try that again. But when we spoke, um, there was definitely some improvements, but if they had have kept just doing that on their own, I know that wouldn't have done the trick. Like I know that it needed more finessing, more individualized treatment to where she's at right now. So either you can miss the boat in what you need to do or, and or go into that really dark space emotionally um, or essentially, I guess, like we are talking about even earlier, it might even send you into that self-resignation of like, well, I don't know what to do. I give up. So, mm. you know, someone that works with you is going to be able to be that outside voice of reason and you can yeah. verbally talk about what's happened because how often do we sit down with a client with it who's had a flare and we talk it through and talk about the weeks mm. prior and it's like a light bulb. Exactly. They're like, oh, exactly. right, yeah. okay. Okay, yeah. now I get it. I was literally about to say the time factor is so important with a flare. And I think, again, I'm not like, I feel like I'm like tooting the JCN horn a lot in this podcast, but I'm like toot, the amount of time toot, we sp- toot. toot away, toot, toot, toot. Um, the amount of time we spend with our clients is very important. And this is one reason why, because this can be the difference between if you go in for a 15 minute consultation with your practitioner and you've been working on SIBO, and let's just say you've had a really good six months and you're on the maintenance phase, you've just gone in for a 15 minute, you know, top up of your supplements or whatever, but you actually go in there and you've got a, you know, you're in the midst of a SIBO flare, you've been trying to manage it for the last six weeks yourself. Um, you get to your practitioner, you've got 15 minutes to talk to them. You're like, I'm in the middle of a SIBO flare, I've got all my symptoms, black, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yep, definitely. Here's two more bottles of any microbials. Let's just hit this hard. We'll get it over and done with in, you know, six weeks, come back. Like that is a completely different treatment protocol to like, say you go into your practitioner, you come in and like, say you're working with someone like us, you've got 45 minutes to talk to us. We're going to sit there and talk to you about the last six weeks. We're going to go through, okay, when did this start? What was going on at the time? Where were you? What were you eating? What was your stress load like? You know, what was different in your life? That you, What was the weeks like leading up to this? You know, there's so much in that that is such a valuable piece of information. And if you've worked with your practitioner for X amount of time managing this condition, there will be that light bulb moment. And you're both going to go, I'm just, I would say to my client, look, I actually think this is what's going on. This has led to this, which has led to this. This has resulted in this. Here's what we actually need to do. We know when we did a stool test for you 12 months ago that, you know, some of the, you know, oxalate degrading bacteria are an issue, or we know that you had SIBO, whatever it might be. And we know that you really had trouble bringing back in legumes, but you just did a retreat in Bali and ate nothing but fucking legumes, you know, (laughs) and that's what set you off. There's so much in that where you just go, cool. All I think we need to do is just pull some of these foods back out of your diet give you a little bit of a chill out. You don't need to go back to a full SIBO protocol, give you some really nice, heart, you know, calming supplements. What the fuck's going on with your nervous system at the moment? Because I'm sure this has been pretty mm. stressful for you. Let's maybe give you some some tax, you know, some things there. And you can calm things down without doing this, you know. And I just think sometimes too that is the difference between your practitioner, how much time you spend with them, how much 
case taking they do with you and I think that is really valuable too and that's the kind of practitioner that you really want working with you through your symptoms because that you know to me that's so important rather than here's 20,000 supplements come back in six weeks and I'm sure this will be over but if it's not we'll spend about another thousand dollars on testing and find out what's going on (laughs) absolutely and you know conversely to that like everything you just said all of those scenarios and another one that just came to mind while you're speaking is that sometimes it's so crazy simple, but again, you just need to talk it out. Like, <laughs> it can be I, so crazy I, simple. It might be just something like how often have you had someone who has just started using a new product in their diet, like some new ingredient, like whether it's been a new cereal or a bread or a sauce. Protein powder. A protein powder. Protein powder. Like they've just protein powder that's got a prebiotic in it. Yeah, they just don't understand or haven't really thought about the ingredients in something. And that's all it is. We just pull out something that's been added and boom, fixed. It's like it's sometimes it's that simple. And it's not always that simple, but believe me, we see it. And that's where if you're trying to figure this stuff out on your own, often you wouldn't even think about it. You wouldn't even you'd just be like, oh, all dairy, all dairy-free protein powders are the same. Like, you know, all this is a really popular one, so it must be really good. So it can't be that. I 100% agree with how sometimes it, it is so simple. I know with my clients, I know I was just screaming out protein powder then, but I feel like protein <laughs> powders, and we use them all the freaking time, but they are such a mixed bag in terms of, because probiotics and prebiotics and Everything is so, like all of these things are so trendy at the moment. Everyone's trying to cram as much bang for buck as they can into things and use all these beautiful, clever marketing words. And fuck me, that's fine. But like if you are someone who, you know, comes from a history of methane dominant, SIBO or methanogenic bacteria in your gut and you've got that really under control and you've got great bowel motions these days, it's not something you've had to think about for 12 months, you're not going to fucking check if there's inulin in your fucking protein powder. You're not even going to register that inulin can feed up methanogenic bacteria and, you know, so you might be taking, you know what I mean though, like, but this is where having a practitioner that understands that and knows your gut history will probably go, what have you done in the last two weeks that's made you so complicated? Oh, nothing. Walk me through your diet. Oh yeah. Okay. Have you changed your protein powder? Have you changed your almond milk? Tell me, you know, like, and sometimes send me the ingredients to that. I'm like, right, inulin might be your issue. It's just sometimes is that simple and that's, hilarious and hilarious analogy but it honestly is so yeah Yeah. (laughs) let's just pull that out and see if your gut settles down great it has happy days (laughs) I love protein powder I live for my protein powder but I'm just saying let's finish off with when flares happen of course we've talked through what they are and we've talked about navigating them and working with a practitioner um what we want to touch on now is how, well, a little bit more about how we can manage them and actually how with time and understanding with a lot of what we've touched on already, they actually can become easier to manage. So we've definitely highlighted, I think, that concept of how the more knowledge you have about your body as an individual and what your triggers are, Essentially, it will help you with time manage those flare-ups easier because you've done it before. But also, of course, 
it makes the time between a flare-up become longer. Like, of course, we don't want you flaring up all over the place all the time. Like, that's not ideal. Um, But the more we understand what your triggers are and what's flared you, the more we can put into practice change that will ideally ensure that they're not happening as frequently. So when we talk about it being easier to manage, you absolutely can't exclude the fact that you just know what the triggers are so the flare doesn't happen. But also (laughs) when you have been through a flare up, you learn what works for you. And this will be different for everyone. So as Krista was talking about, if it's a gut-based flare, for one person that might be some dietary changes that they know work for them. So we might talk to a client about, okay, when if you have a flare up, I want you to make these specific changes with your diet for the next week. Um, maybe two, again, depends on the client. It might even be 48 hours. So again, I'm, we're being very, <laughs> very, very unspecific for a reason, but often there will be dietary changes that will be required. And there may be some therapeutics that we will use. And Carissa talked about for some people, it might be things to help calm their gut down. It might be something as simple as someone knows that they need to use a certain amount of slippery elm. Um, it will be it'll be what works for them though. And I can't again highlight how this is very different. And I have some of my maintenance clients on exactly this and it's everyone looks different. So basically we'll check in a couple of times a year um, and they know that if they have a flare up from whatever their triggers are, and often to be honest, this is at this point, it's usually food. So it might be an overindulgence in something that they know if they push too much is going to flare them. They've got what I call their little medicine cabinet that they hardly ever touch, but in their, in their fridge, they might have two or three things that they go to and they take those over the amount of days that we've talked about. They also know, like I say the amount of days, they know their body so well by this point that they can manage it. Like they know when they're out of the flare, so they'll take it to a certain point and also they know this is what they need to do with their food. So the cool thing is I might see someone in six months who's a maintenance client They've been going really great and they'll say, yep, I've been so good. Oh, I did three months ago. We went away. Um, Yeah, I ate heaps of, I'm going to keep using dairy. I ate heaps of dairy and I had a flare up, but I came back and I just did X, Y, Z that you told me. And then a week better, a week later, I felt fine. And I'm just like, my job is done. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) you know, it's, but it's so how individualized it is really needs to be pointed out. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I can hear your cat, by the way. I I thought you could buy her face. Sparkles. I'm going to have to try and edit you out. (laughs) Um, Is there anything Um, you wanted to add to that? I think you summed it up pretty well. Yeah, it's just, it gets easier to manage. I also think too, and I know we've said this in other podcasts and I think I might've even like, yeah, our, our role as practitioners is to help you to get to that space that Jess was just talking about. Like you should, you know, like everything that happens doesn't happen. Everything you react to, don't react to. Every time you have a flare, every bit of testing that we do, every time you're put in the pressure cooker, you learn more about yourself. We learn more about you to help you navigate, you know, through the tough times. But the the ultimate goal is to get you to a stage where 
exactly you are a maintenance client and you keep us in your team and you keep us in your toolkit for if shit hits the fan with something else or shit hits the fan that you can't get yourself out of it but ultimately like the the goal is to get you to the point where you can manage this yourself autoimmune is probably a really interesting one because i think so triggered by stress like even when you get your clients you know, or they get themselves, mm. sorry, but, you know, like you help them navigate them themselves to a place where they are, you know, on minimal medication or, or nil medication and a good, you know, good, um, you know, core group of supplements and they're, they've got the gut stuff down pat and all of that. But, you know, autoimmune is a, a little shitty thing and it can, you know, it, it will just flare sometimes and sometimes it isn't anything mm. you've done. And, you know, like, you know, with a thyroid flare or a celiac flare or um, rheumatoid arthritis flare or, you know, in some of the, the gut conditions like, you know, ulcerative colitis and things like that, like sometimes, you know, it is just nothing you've done and it's just the nature of the beast that you're dealing with. But again, they become easier to manage and easier to understand and much less stressful as time goes on. And that is that is where you want to be getting to with your health and whatever space you're working in with your practitioner. So. Yeah, that's all yeah. I have to say. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> love it, love it, love Well, hopefully this has been really helpful, guys. Like it's, again, it's very topical at the moment. This is when I actually brought up with Carissa. I'm like, I just feel like I've been on repeat talking about this lately. So it's quite timely. Um, and, yeah, please, we would love it as always if you would share this podcast in your socials, particularly if you're listening, getting some aha moments or you're thinking of other people that you think need to hear this, uh, it's the best way to get what we're talking about out there. Um, if you would like to leave us a review, reviews help people find us in the podcast space, which we've been in for a very long time now. So we would love it if you're an avid listener to just like even hit the pause button and just click on that podcast and just take just a second to hit the five stars. And if you want to write something, you can too. Well, that would be amazing. But even if not, just take a, take a moment to do that for us and we'll love you forever. But otherwise, thanks as always, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.